Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves. Feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. Thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. Welcome into Critical Thinking, the post-college football season edition, the Georgia Mini Green Bay Packers. I mean, Bulldogs are your national champions. Defense wins championships, right, Pat? Thank goodness, by the way. As much as I hate the SEC, finally somebody different than the one team that basically makes the SEC relevant every year. Absolutely. Now, Pat, um, We witnessed something last night that we have never seen in our lifetimes. Did you know that? Did get the crap beat out of them in the last few minutes? No. Okay. Georgia has not won a national championship since either of us have been alive. Oh, that's true. 1980, right? Yep. The year before I was born. Eight years before me. So, you know. Yep, yep, yep. So, got a question for you, Pat. Uh Who are you betting on? if you were a betting man to win next year's national championship, because we always, I mean, this season's over. So now, now we're moving forward. Um, I mean, it's always so hard to say, right. Um, I mean, part of me wants, wants to say, you know, my, my buck guys, because I think, you know, we're going to be in really good shape for next season. We got CJ Stroud coming back, who was a Heisman candidate this year, but also depends on the strength of the big 10. Um, Bama's going to be a contender again, I'm sure. Um, which is well, unfortunate. But I'm glad you mentioned those two teams because they are the prohibitive favorites out of our friends at uh, Barstool Sports Book. Alabama is plus one fifty to win a national championship, with Ohio State coming in second at plus two fifty. 
You have Georgia at plus 500. Clemson is fourth at plus 1,400. And you got to think Clemson's going to have a much better team next year than they did this year. So Mm -hmm. followed up by Oklahoma, also plus 1,400. Texas A&M at plus 1,600. Notre Dame at plus 2,500. And Michigan at plus 3,000. Um, then we have Oklahoma State and Oregon to round out your top 10 at plus 3,300. Yeah, I mean, I... Oklahoma State is an intriguing scenario next year. Yeah. Because we don't necessarily know what's going to happen with the SEC taking Texas and Oklahoma. We, right. we don't know that yet. My guess is that it doesn't happen until the 2023 season. Uh, from what I from what I looked up on it, Texas and Oklahoma don't join the SEC until 2025. Well, that is your technicality because they don't want to break the contract, right? With, right. But if both sides, so what I have been told from sources um, that still exist in inside the college football world that it's very likely that there will be an agreement reached so that all parties by 2023 are being are able to switch it out and that after that has been settled we will see that college football expansion talk ramp back up because they tabled it again but pat for those who um like entertainment i did put down a dollar on your buckeyes at plus 250 Oh, but I but you're smart better, right? So smart uh, betters. Also, when you're talking about future betting, um, you put down a couple of markers early on. So I also took a flyer on my Wisconsin Badgers for a dollar at plus five thousand. So one dollar would win me 50 bucks. I also believe that it, a realistic chance of Texas A&M having a, an absolutely fantastic season next year. So I'm doing them plus 1,600. I also have USC. I think this could be interesting with Lincoln Riley going there. And they just picked up Caleb Williams, um, his his star quarterback from this season. Um, he's going to USC, and so that's a free transfer. Um, so he's there with um, Lincoln Riley. Um, I like what they're doing at USC. So this could be a dark horse candidate. Uh, they're at plus 4,000. That's who I, I've put money on. Ohio State realistic money and also Texas A&M and USC for realistic money. And then the complete and utter dark horse are, are my Badgers. And the only reason why I put money on that happening is because we're going to see an offensive line that is now veteran versus what was going on early this season in which they were still finding their way. You also have a Braylon Allen at running back who is an absolute beast. He's kind of like Derrick Henry. Only I think he's faster than Henry is. And then you've got um, the quarterback situation here with Graham Mertz, right? Who knows what jump he makes or doesn't make. And that's the, the caveat as to why I don't think they're necessarily a realistic opportunity to play for something like that but hey a dollar i i would definitely bet on you to win the big 10 west 
Yeah, I would I would bet on us to win the Big Ten West over Minnesota and, and Iowa this year. Um, Boy, it's not going to be mean, as I easy as I think, but it, uh, yeah. I, and I don't know how many people Minnesota have coming back next year, but but Iowa. Well, they have I most think, of their running backs coming back because most of them were hurt. <laughs> that's true, but I I think I think with Iowa though they have no offense, none. So they might have a decent defense, but like they have no way to really move the ball. So I just I just don't see unless Minnesota is actually good again, like I don't see anyone else winning the, the big 10 West other than, than uh, Wisconsin. So. Fair enough. Fair enough. And and I think it's going to be a good battle between you, Michigan and Michigan, Michigan state. state. Cause I don't think Penn state without Sean Clifford, cause Clifford is a, is he a junior or a senior? He, no, he's, he's Sean Clifford's coming back next year. Okay. So put them in the mix as well. Hmm. And then Indiana could be intriguing because they they picked up the quarterback from Missouri. Yeah, they're they're the dark horse of the Big but, Ten East. But people are not here for our love of the Big Ten and and the teams right, within right. the Big Ten. They're here for us to tell them what's up. And Pat, have you ever had this feeling of no bleep Sherlock in your life? Where Many have you times. been? Many you ever, times. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we're on that train and it is just steaming down the track right now. I don't know about you. Do you feel that? I mean, that that has been 2022 so far, hasn't it? Because um, on Sunday. Now, I want to preface this by saying, Pat, what are what are the three things when we talk about COVID? Okay. What are the three things that I have always stipulated about COVID and have always made the focal point of anything when we've talked COVID? What are three things that might be principles of all of this talk, if you will? Um, so like, like I guess to clarify, are, are we talking like uh, the principles around getting or, or like with COVID? No, 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 no. Like, so like, data analysis wise and um figuring out covid wise well I, I, i'll go I, i'll give them to you how about that okay okay number one is garbage data in garbage data, garbage out. data yeah okay number two consult your doctor right number three this has been a man-made virus leaked from the wuhan lab it, well, yeah, because it's it came from gain of function research. That has been our contention and our principles and our guiding lights, if you will, throughout all of this. Right? Follow. Right. If you see garbage data coming in, ignore it, because what you're going to get out of garbage data coming in is garbage data on the backside. A, a result, an analysis of that data is going to be fundamentally flawed. <clears throat> Pat, um, what did Rochelle Wolinsky, the the head of the CDC, admit to this weekend? That seventy five percent of all deaths had four or more comorbidities. Huh. So what you're telling me is that um, 
people with significant risk of dying from any virus or thing are susceptible to dying from this virus. Uh, That's what that sounds like. Yes. Was it the virus that killed them or the comorbidities? My guess is it's going to be the comorbidities. So. Well, let me rephrase. The comorbidities in conjunction with the virus. Right. The virus by itself didn't kill them. Mm-hmm. It, it it worked with the comorbidities, and that's what. And then, what was the second part of what she admitted? Because there's two things that we're not counting it right. Exactly. And I have always made this contention that again, garbage data in equals garbage data out. Why are we counting deaths with COVID? Right? Why are we counting hospitalizations with? COVID. We have to separate the data out. We have, in order for us to to understand a mitigation policy as to whether or not it's working, right? We have to understand things like, did this person die with COVID and were they vaccinated, right? And and I use that term loosely. I, I shouldn't even be using that term. It's jabbed. These are not vaccines, in any way, happen. shape, or form, in any definition that we have ever used in the entire history of our country. Until just now, because we had to change the definition to fit the narrative. And that's fine. You can do that. But in reality land, Pat, the issue in front of us is that we are potentially overinflating by magnitudes of 10, 20x the number of people that have actually been dying. And as a result of that, my question is, does that or does that not change what we would do to mitigate um, these efforts? If we knew that a quarter of the data was absolutely, utterly wrong, so a quarter of of 870,000, right? Is what? Roughly. A quarter of 870,000? That's going to be like 235? Yeah, roughly 217, let's say. (laughs) Take 217,000 people off of that number, and what does that look like to the American populace? Do you think the panic porn sets in at that great of a level? Let's say it's it's a third Let's say, hell, it's half. We have no way of knowing anymore, right? Right. Because we would have to go back in time and list out all the, the, the things around every single one of these deaths. And that's not humanly possible because the coroner, the coroner's office is not doing checks on every one of these people as they die. It's just not happening. Well, speaking of of garbage data, do you remember that data set I sent you the other night? Yeah. So this this came from a family member of mine, and they were talking about how Omicron is not no walk in the park, that that hospitalizations are at an all-time high, right? Right. And I looked at that, and I said, well, 
how much how many of these are actually there because of covid or they're of something else besides covid but then happen to get covid either being there or been tested for it while they were there right i mean we even have the governor of of the state of new york now demanding that their their version of the cdc start stratify, stratifying the data that way right okay so you entered the hospital is it because of covid or did you incidentally get trapped in because everybody gets a freaking COVID test when they walk into the hospital? Right, right. Which I mean, is the most the ridiculous part, thing, by the way. Mm, it is absolutely part, ridiculous. Are, are you getting an influenza test every time you walk into the hospital? Are you right. getting a test for TB? Are you getting tested for polio, measles? No. You don't get tested if you don't actually have symptoms. That's the point, right? But but here's the other part of that. Like like we look at all of these these COVID cases and issues right now. My, my other question is is like in terms of like deaths is like how how many of those were from hospital protocols, bad hospital protocols, rather than just COVID. You know, how many of that? How much of that was the hospital refusing different trying different kinds of treatments like ivermectin? How much of that? Oh, like, like, do not, I know that very personally, Pat? We're we're not we're not looking at like like we're we're continuing to push the panic porn. And this is what this person was doing is that they were they were pushing the panic porn on me. And I'm like, you're not asking questions. Like mm-hmm. you're just taking the data that they're putting in front of you, and you're not asking. I'm like, instead of asking like like this is what I had to explain. I've had to explain to a few family members of mine. I'm like, instead of just taking the data that they're giving you. And what it's showing you. Ask yourself what this data is not showing you. Yeah. And because <laughs> like then, then you're going to start being able to read in between the lines. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but so they admit that up to 75% of these hospitalizations, right, are for people who have had not one, not two, but three or four comorbidities. And so they admit that the the people who are dying are likely dying not because of COVID, right? They so that's been our contention all along, right? Is that right? It's people that are our mitigation efforts have been focused wrongly, right? Our mitigation efforts should have been focused on protecting the vulnerable populations as best as we can, and those are the people with multiple comorbidities, right? People who have diabetes, who are overweight, who have already cardiac issues or respiratory issues, right? If you are somebody who's asthmatic, overweight, has diabetes, you need to protect yourself from this because it can be very, very deadly for you, right? Right. Because of the things that are happening to you. And we should be focusing in on healthy lifestyle choices, right? Getting yourself into good shape, um, good vitamin nutrients, right? You can do that through food, by the way. You don't have to take supplements necessarily. You can do it through good food. But maybe that should have been our focus, right? How do we how do we mitigate it within uh, our total population, but then also find a way to to help those vulnerable populations as best we can? And the best way that we could have done that is through through the therapeutics that are out there right now, right? 
because it, it allows them the best possible protection. It That is the truth, right? If you are in a vulnerable population, it is worthwhile taking the risk. It's a risk-benefit, and we've talked about this over and over and over and over and over and over again. But the second contention outside of garbage data in, garbage data out, was what, Pat? Consult your doctor. Yep. Again, healthy lifestyle choices, right? Um, what does your doctor recommend? And more importantly, what protocols are out there that could help you if you do get stuck in a bad situation when it comes to this virus, right? And if your doctor doesn't know the good protocols or the right protocols, switch your doctor. You need to you need to, you have to be comfortable with those protocols too. Right. Mm. And then thirdly, our contention has been that this came from this was man-made. This was not from some wet market in Wuhan, China. This wasn't jumped from animal to human. This was created in a lab and likely leaked by accident, not by some nefarious means, which is an important differentiation from a lot of the MAGA forever types who seem to believe that somehow this was China, China's bioweapon on the world, right? No. This likely leaked by accident, and once you leak something like this, there's no stopping it. Why? Because they hadn't yet reverse engineered it. Well, Pat, um, guess what happened last night into this morning? Uh, did, 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 did the Wuhan lab leak another virus? No. Um, <clears throat> Thank goodness. <laughs> Dr. Fauci was proven to be a liar, of which we already knew. Yeah. Okay. How is that news? Um, well, Project Veritas released a brand new report announcing that they have obtained U.S. military documents proving that Dr. Anthony Fauci lied to Congress. The document, uh, dated August 13th, 2021, is titled, quote, SARS-CoV-2 Origins Investigation with U.S. Government Program Undisclosed Document Analysis. Now, what does this analysis do, Pat? It reports that the 2018 EcoHealth Alliance Coronavirus Research Proposal, that DARPA, Everybody knows that this proposal is out there. It existed, right? That DARPA rejected because it was too risky. And what was it? It was literal gain of function, right? It was, we're going to create a coronavirus, right? We're going to aerosolize it in a bat cave outside of Wuhan, China, right? We're going to give it to the bat, study the bat, that gets it and reverse engineer it so that we can what help protect the human population right but darpa the united states basically like the like handing out uh funding like candy right darpa even rejected it because it was too risky and likely violated gain of function research bans here in the united states but the contention has always been that after that, NIH, NIAID, which is Fauci's organization, 
funded it and carried it out. And that SARS-CoV-2, aka COVID-19, resulted from its research escaping in 2019, August of 2019, which has been my contention all along, Pat, that this virus has been in our population for most of 2019. I fully believe that it actually leaked likely in July of 2019. Why? Because what did we see when the World War Games were going on, right? Temperature checks and all these tests that were done when you walked off the plane and when you got onto a plane to go back home. What, a, what is one of the biggest indicators that you're sick from this? You have a fever. Fever. Along with loss of smell and taste and, and all that. But Pat, <clears throat> are you ready for what this disclosure has to say? Oh, I'm ready. Because it comes from former Marine Corps Major Joseph Murray, who was then the Commandant Marine Corps Fellow at DARPA. <clears throat> The first page of the memo reads this. SARS-CoV-2 is an American-created recombatant bat vaccine or its precursor virus. It was created by an EcoHealth Alliance program at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, as suggested by the reporting surrounding the lab leak hypothesis. The details of this program have been concealed since the pandemic began. These details can be found in the EcoHealth Alliance proposal response to the DARPA preempt program blah, 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 dated March of 2018, a document not yet publicly disclosed. The contents of the proposed program are extremely detailed. SARS-CoV-2's form, as it emerged, is likely a, as a precursor, deliberately virulent, humanized recombatant SARS-CoV that was to be reverse-engineered into a live, attenuated SARS-CoV bat vaccine. Its nature can be determined from the analysis of its genome with the context provided by the EcoHealth Alliance proposal. Joining this analysis with U.S. intelligence collections on Wuhan will aid this determination. Now, I wanted to give you that information, Pat, because there's another part of the first page of this report that I haven't gotten to. Good grief. Okay. Peter Daszak lays out step by step what the organization intends to do by phase and by location. The primary scientists involved, their roles, and their institutions are indicated. The funding plan for the Wuhan Institute of Virology work is its own document. The reasons why non-pharmaceutical interventions like masks and medical countermeasures like the mRNA vaccines do not work well can be extrapolated from those details. The reasons why the early treatment protocols work as curatives are apparent. And in, in, in the document, of which, by the way, this morning, um, just before we went to air, so I haven't had a chance to read the whole thing, they dumped it all at Project Veritas. At like 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> so I haven't had a chance to read through it all. But um, we all know why DARPA got rid of this because this was a main contention, a bone of contention between Fauci, I mean, excuse me, our Lord Savior President, Dr. Anthony Fauci, and Dr. Rand Paul. 
multiple times, right? So we all we'll all know that. But um, the uh, um, <clears throat> the major uh, Joseph Murray goes on to say this, Pat. SARS-CoV-2, hereafter referred to as SARS-CoV-WIV, is a synthetic spike protein crime, uh, chimera engineered to attach to human ACE2 receptors, and it's inserted into a recombatant bat SARS-CoV backbone. It is likely a live vaccine not yet engineered to a more attenuated state that the program sought to create with its final version. It leaked and spread rapidly because it was aerosolized so it could efficiently infect bats in caves but it was not ready to infect bats yet which is why it does not appear to infect bats the reason the disease is so confusing is because it is less a virus than it is engineered spike proteins hitchhiking a ride on a SARS-CoV quasi-species swarm because what you need to remember is that basically what what this why it's titled SARS COVID, right, is because it is part SARS and part COVID, right? Two things that exist in terms of viruses, right? So it's basically what he's saying is that it's a mashup and it hasn't been created as an actual virus. It's It, it, it just kind of leaks on and leeches on to these other viruses, right? The closer it is to the final live attenuated vaccine form, the more likely that it has been de-attenuating since initial escape in August of 2019. And so basically what he is saying is that we the reason why these therapeutics are therapeutics and not vaccines is because we're treating it like it is an actual virus. And it's really not. When you get down to its genomic makeup right it's not an actual virus it it and so it's been breaking down as we get more variants right and more whatever it continues to break down further and further that's why we're seeing more virulence if you will in terms of getting the virus in omicron but less severity because it's deattenuating it's not <clears throat> it's not hanging on the way that that a virus would, and that would make these true vaccines. Now, he continues to say this, Pat. The gene-encoded, or mRNA, vaccines work poorly because they are synthetic replications of the already synthetic SARS-CoV-2, synthetic spike proteins, and possesses no other pitopies, and I'm not sure exactly what that word means, but the mRNA instructs the cells to produce synthetic copies of the synthetic spike protein directly into a bloodstream wherein they spread and produce the same ACE2 immune storm that the recombatant vaccine does. <clears throat> Many doctors in the country have identified that the symptoms of vaccine reactions mirror the symptoms of the disease, which corroborates with the similar synthetic nature and function of the uh, respective spike proteins. The vaccine recipient has no defense against the bloodstream entry, but their nose protects them from the recombatant spike protein quasi-species during natural infection. So what he's saying is that <clears throat> the reason natural um, protection works better than the vaccine, right? Or what we call the jab, right? 
The reason why it's not a vaccine and the reason why it's a therapeutic is that it's working in the bloodstream. It's not working in a natural way, right? Why does, why does if they get the, the strain of the flu correct, why does the flu vaccine work? Because you're actually giving you the, the ability for your entire body to react, including your nose, including your bloodstream, including all of that, right? <clears throat> and the reason right. why this works is because this is supposed to be an aerosolized synthetic spike protein. Your nose is where that, um, where it's more likely to actually enter your body instead of your bloodstream, right? Right. And so if you have natural immunity, your nose is going to be where it stops the virus. So you're not giving your nose, by putting this into your bloodstream, you're not giving your nose an opportunity in how your nasal you know, passageways and all that work. You're not giving them the opportunity to actually work because you're bypassing that entire system and only putting it into your bloodstream. Now, what about ivermectin, Pat? Right? Well, he says that ivermectin, identified as a curative in April of 2020, works throughout all phases of illness because it both inhibits viral replication and modulates the immune response. Of note, chloroquine phosphate, hydroxychloroquine, is also identified in the proposal as a SARS-CoV inhibitor. That was identified in May of 2020 as a curative. But 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 Andrew Coppins, th- th- those things aren't aren't FDA approved to uh, com- combat COVID. Funny, Pat, because um, guess guess what was part of my protocol when I got sick? Ivermectin and zinc and um, vitamins, melatonin. By the way, too to to help. <clears throat> and guess how long I was sick for. Like two days, like, like really sick for mm, less than well, about a day or so. I would about say thirty six hours. Okay, that was it. By the end of thirty six hours, I was feeling fine. I had a stuffed up nose, and you can hear it <clears throat> a little bit of a cough left. So, to to sum up here, we're saying Fauci lied again, and people died. People died. <clears throat> and But I highly encourage you, by the way, to go to Project Veritas and look this up for yourself and read it for yourself and see if what we're saying makes sense to you. Mm-hmm. But but Andrew Coppins, uh, our Lord, <clears throat> Savior, President, Dr. Anthony Fauci deserves respect, you know, m- more so than, 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 than Rand Paul and, and Mike Lee and, and Ted Cruz and Glenn Beck and all, all the likes of those kinds of people. He deserves respect because he's a public servant the respect that he deserves by the way is from his cellmate in the deepest depths of prison (sighs) yeah i i can't agree more with that I, i really can't <clears throat> now, Pat, I think it's time for mm. us to play the B or not the B. Are you ready? Oh, yes, let's play. Please finish that sentence because that was weird. Finish what sentence? Let's play. 
Yes. Do you have a van, Pat? Is it windowless? No. Okay, because that was creepy. Okay. Let's play. (laughs) That's that's not any less creepy. But having said that, um, here is today's headline. Okay. Pfizer promises Omicron vaccine will be ready in time for their Q1 earnings report. Again, the headline, Pfizer promises Omicron vaccine will be ready in time for their Q1 earnings report. Is that the B or not the B? And while you're thinking about that headline, I I recommend that you continue to try to prepare yourself by going to preparewithmojo50.com. Again, that's preparewithmojo50.com. Check out the fine folks at My Patriot Supply. Folks, this is a help and a hedge. This is helpful for the next 25 years of your life. It's also a hedge against rising inflation, against all of those things. Because let's say you can't afford the $6 a pound for hamburger, right? For for bur- you know, for regular meat, right? Let's say you can't afford that the way that you used to or you can't afford, I don't know, a gallon of milk or a half gallon of milk costing you $7, right? I mean, I know some families that go through a gallon of milk a day, Pat. I had a roommate that would do that. Ugh. I, I don't know how they can do that. And it was whole milk, too. Ugh. So, no. And for me, um, the only way I can drink milk is uh, I have to do the grass-fed variety. Which, by the way, you should be doing anyway because of, of how enzymes in corn break down in versus uh, break down in cow and human intestines. They, the cow passes on the corn enzyme to you as a human being. And do you know that the corn enzymes don't break down in a human body? Uh, I, I did not. Corn does not break down. It gives nutrients, but it doesn't break down in the human body. Is that why so many of us are so fat? No. That's why okay. a lot of people have problems with drinking milk. It has nothing to do with being lactose intolerant or anything else. It has to do with the fact that uh, we switched from grass feeding cows to cheaply feeding them to get them to market, right? To get so we're gonna feed them leftover corn or spent grains, right? Mm-hmm. Instead of just letting them be grass fed like they used to be. Most people, if they switched to grass fed milk, would be better off. But hey, that's neither here nor there. My whole point in all that is that. It's really expensive. So this can be a hedge. Maybe one last time, you know, you you have a couple of extra meals that are out of this per month. You know, go to preparewithmojo50.com. Check it out. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm just going to ask you to check it out. But again, go to preparewithmojo50.com. All right. Do you need the headline one more time, Pat? Yeah, one more time. Okay. Well, Pfizer promises Omicron vaccine will be ready in time for their Q1 earnings report. Is this the B or not the B, Pat? See, I'm going to go with the the B because it's, it's not there's never been a specific vaccine for a specific variant. I think that's the dead giveaway. So I want I want to go with the Babylon B final answer. Well, Pat, they actually have been saying that they are going to come out with a new version of the vaccine that will be resistant, quote unquote, to Omicron. 
So are you sure? I, I know they've been saying that, but but I don't think it's going to be an Omicron vaccine per se. Okay, well, I'm glad that you're thinking the way that you're thinking because, uh, yes, this is the Babylon Bee. I thought so. During their monthly shareholder meeting, Pfizer announced that an updated vaccine for the Omicron variant will be ready in time for the Q1's earning report. Quote, we are committed to the longevity of this company, said Pfizer CEO Derek Pfizer. <laughs> As they say in the vaccine business, if you're not jabbing, you're lagging. <laughs> we understand that endless new vaccines are critical to our bottom line ever since I bought that giant space yacht. Pfizer stockholder Bill Gates expressed some confusion that the vaccine wasn't already available. Quote, I know I'm not a doctor, but I sort of invented Windows. It can't be that hard. <laughs> Pfizer's leadership remained firm. We need to maintain our rigorous testing standards, but we still should be in good shape if we skip animal testing and go straight to children. You can't make an omelet unless you break a few eggs, I always say. I invented that phrase, interjected Gates. According to sources, a loud audible sigh could be heard over the audio feed. Can we hear from some stockholders who aren't Bill Gates, asked Derek Pfizer. Several members of Congress proceeded to ask if adding some masks would make the vaccine work better. Members of the Pfizer board, speaking remotely from quarantine yachts off the coast of New York, were in agreement that masks were not the same thing as vaccines, and you can't mix the two. But they'd ask officials in China to be sure. Quote, we get most of our ideas from them, said one board member. <laughs> oh, Lord almighty. Wow. All right. So, Pat, um, we ha we haven't told our audience what we're going to be doing here in the second half of the program uh, beyond talking about. Uh, my God. April of 2020 is calling and I want all of my information back. Yeah, the uh, the 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 Coppin show and the Pat Oni show are. Uh, wanting their shows back from April of 2020, because when we were calling out all of this BS, then. It, it sort of ticks me off, but it also makes me laugh because I've spent and it makes me want to cry, too, because I've well, spent yeah. the past two years telling what, right? I've literally been saying this for two years. That and now you finally admit to it after. And, and here's the rub on all of this part, Pat, is that I have the question, is it going to matter? No. no. Why? Because you spent no. two years literally fear-mongering and panic-pouring people into little balls, into putting their kids into a damn trunk of a car because they need to, quote-unquote, quarantine, because they you think that they were exposed to COVID-19, to jabbing a child against the parent's will and wishes, to thinking that's okay. You have fear-mongered people into those reactions. Into all the caring that we've seen over the last two years. So how do you undo that? It's going to take a lot of time. It's not going to happen overnight. But politically, Pat, we're going to see a very, very swift change because it is the only path for the Democrats to potentially save themselves in the 2022 election. And I talked about this earlier this year, and I'm not I don't want to get into that. I'm just I'm just making that statement. Because yesterday we had talked about what? Uh, we talked about the uh, tweet from Silence Do More. Yep. And how this is a representative tweet when it comes to what MAGA Forever believes the Republican Party should be about. 
and that the Republican Party has no principles, has no policies, right? Correct. And we broke that down. But I don't think it's fair to criticize unless we have our own policies, our own principles. So over the next two days, we're going to ex explore those principles and those policies alongside that to kind of give you what a more libertarian perspective on economics, foreign policy, immigration, crime would look like, both from a principle and a policy perspective. So where do you want to start? Do you want to start with you want to start with foreign policy, Pat? Yeah, we can start with foreign policy. Let's go there. Okay. And what we're going to introduce today is not our policies, but our principles when it comes to this. And what do we mean by our principles? And then tomorrow or Thursday or both days, we will introduce to you the policy side of things. All right. So, so take it away. With with foreign policy, we um, we sat down and we took a hard look at this. And with foreign policy, I think it's safe to say you know we're never going back to isolationism, and, and we never really were, in my mind, isolationists to begin with. I think we tried to be, but we never really were. That being said, uh, when it comes to a good principled foreign policy we should have something along the lines of freedom of association. What do I mean by that? Freedom of association would be the freedom to associate with those that further our, our national interests, but also at the same time don't get us entangled up in these really crappy, bad situations like a war, for example. Like um, NATO, right? Because Ukraine's right. a NATO ally. By a treaty, we must defend them. Right. So, like when we when we talk about Ukraine, for example, and what what the uh, what Russia is looking to do with Ukraine, probably this year, um, we have to defend Ukraine because they are a NATO ally. We are stuck. We are stuck going to war essentially with Russia over Ukraine. Because they are a NATO ally. The same thing is kind of going on with China and Taiwan. Taiwan is an ally. And I believe that we are, by treaty, obligated to at least support them, if not defend them, from China. So we're looking at potentially going to war with both Russia and China within the same year. Yeah, because I don't think anybody doesn't believe that either one of those countries will invade the other, right? Right. I don't think anybody that's looking at these situations would say that that doesn't happen this year. But, but what do we mean by free association? Because that's a really broad topic. And here's where I take this. Our foreign policy, it's entangling alliances, right? Right. Get us out of free association. And what do I mean by that? Well, for instance, we are obligated, like you said, with NATO, we're obligated to, to help Ukraine, right? But is Russia attacking us? No. Then that's the entangling alliance. 
We're not saying don't have treaties or don't have pacts or don't have whatever. But our foreign policy should be about free association, free trade. That's what we're talking about, right? Our foreign policy should be about freedom, freedom of people, freedom of movement, freedom of trade. There should be the end of tariffs. There should be all of these things, right? That can be the economic side of things. But when we look at the principles, right, we have to be a, a, our, our foreign policy has to go from a point, right? What is the point that we move from? The point that we move from is, does this advance free association? Because right now, I don't think that is where our North Star, if you will, of foreign policy exists. No, it doesn't. Not in, not in any way, shape, or form. Not in any way, shape, or form. Especially under this president. There's no way. Mm-hmm. It should be about free people freely associating with other free people. And those people who are not free yearning to be free, we can be that beacon for them. But that beacon doesn't mean that we become the world's police. No. We have to have a foreign policy that is built on free association and our ability to defend ourselves in our free association. If you violate our free association with other people, we have the right to defend ourselves. That's just that simple. But let's move on to economics here because I think this is an easy principle. It's all about free markets. We have to be about free markets going forward. Right now, we aren't. We live in an oligarchy. And we've said this throughout 2021. We live in an oligarchy. We do not, We, at a bare minimum, we live in a crony capitalist society. We do not right. live in a free market-based society. So when people are attacking capitalism, go for it, as far as I'm concerned, because we don't live, I don't want a capitalist society. I want a free market-based society. That's what I want. And if we can choose a future based on free markets over the crushing burden of socialism, great. But let's also then continue to move forward to immigration, Pat. A free people. And to be clear on this, Andrew and I had to really flush this one out because you know we wanted to, to make sure we got this right. But with, in terms of it, what we mean by a free people, we don't mean that we're for open borders, by the way. That's not what we mean, to be very clear on this. But what we were talking about is, let's say that I'm Apple, for example. And let's say that uh, I want to hire somebody from Ireland, just as, a, as an example. Why should I have to, why should the government have any involvement in who I hire? Um, with that said, whoever I hire, I take full responsibility for if they do something stupid, like, I don't know, sell trade secrets to China. Or involved um, in terrorism or. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, like that, it is on me to make, to, to vet whoever I'm going to hire and make sure that they are here for the right reasons. And this is also saying like, if I'm going to hire them, I also need them to work here. I bring them over from Ireland to America. So, 
but I need to make sure that, that we have it, have it right. And that we have the right person that we have someone that's going to be good for our country and for our company. And not just uh, that, we have to streamline, and we could talk about policies, but it's right. an immigration policy that is focused on free people freely associating, kind right. of like our foreign policy, right? Because what I came up with last night, Pat, when we were talking through all of this, because you have to talk through these things, you can't just off the cuff come up with Wait. these, is that right. the free market plus free association equals free people that and so once you have a free market once you also add in free association now you have an immigration policy that's focused on free people being allowed to to live a life that they want to live right because we also put all sorts of economic um requirements on immigration we need you know we can talk about that till we're blue in the face but the, the whole point of all of this is to say that our principles have to be about free markets, free people, free association of those people. And our immigration policy has to be focused on how do we allow people to maximize their freedom? And that's not to say that we we don't know who's coming into our country. Right. We should know who's coming into our country. Like and we'll we get who's in, coming we'll, into our house. And we'll get into the policies tomorrow, mm. right? Because th that's more of a policy issue. Right. But the principle behind it is that we should support free people. That's an immigration policy that we should support. And, and that's where we're going. But our final one here, Pat, is crime. And that's what, what um, um, So Do More was talking about, right? And he talked about the 94 crime bill and all those things. And I think a principle that we have to use here is... Well, you might be able to use synonyms, but I'm going to go with justice and mercy. We have to have a criminal justice system that is focused on justice and mercy. And what that means is justice for those who have been wronged and mercy for those who can't help themselves. For instance, people who are addicted, people with mental health issues. We have to focus in on reform and restitution that can be another way of saying justice and mercy reform and restitution and we don't do that right now so pat your final thoughts don't get lost remember who you are no means no and fauci deserves respect and by respect i mean with a cellmate in the deepest depths of prison please be smart be safe be kind as always matthew 547